Meow. Welcome to the Cattoons podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Crowley. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about the stories behind my songs, the production tools that I've used, the production methods that I've employed, the instruments that I've played, the instruments that I've discovered, the arrangement methods that I've used, the real-life stories which precipitated the creation of my entire albums or of my separate tracks. So let's jump right into it, shall we? And uh, welcome you listening to the Catchins Podcast. This is episode 94, and today we're going to be talking about this song called Think Before My Lip from the When Painkillers Fail album. This is the fifth track and the fourth actual song from the album, and um, as you might have guessed, or maybe you did not, the title of the song is a play on words here, so Think Before My Lip uh, alludes to Think Before You Leap, basically. Uh, this song was written uh, sometime around late spring, summer 2007, as far as I remember. Um, and um, the music for it, actually, I, I've had a sketch for this song for the longest time, I, I believe since uh, 2004, probably. It was laying around somewhere in my old hard drive, and... Um, I just didn't know where am I going to go with the lyrics, and I didn't know what the song is going to be about. It's one of those things when you have a musical sketch, and you have the melody that is kind of um, asking for you to grasp it, and um, you have the music actually wanting to come to the surface, but you don't have any lyrics, and you don't really know what shape it is going to all take, and what is the song actually going to be about. This is not a common occurrence. Because for the most part, uh, at least nowadays, um, whenever I'm writing songs, um, first of all, I do have at least an, um, some sort of a blueprint title, which then kind of defines uh, what's coming next. It kind of um, serves as a conduit of sorts for uh, the future music. But back in those days, it was... It didn't necessarily happen that way. Sometimes it was just, oh, I got this music idea. And, you know, it, it still happens nowadays too. But back then, I guess uh, it happened a little more often. When I would have this sporadic, um, random you know, music ideas, which would come out of nowhere, and then I would be like, I don't know what the song is about. It did not reveal itself yet to its full extent. So I would wait and I would listen to it in my head and then I would start um, writing a backing track for the vocals uh, in Reason. Back then I was working in Reason 5, as far as I remember. Uh, and I would kind of, first I would figure out where does it really belong. Does it belong in one of the lighter albums? Like in the I Tell You What album? 
which I was working on at the same time back in 2007. Um, or does it belong in a heavier album? Does it fit into Overcome? Because Overcome back then was also... Um, it was kind of shelved. I wasn't actively working on it in, by summer 2007. But I kept it in mind and I was writing different sketches and wondering if some of those sketches belong rather uh, within the context of the Overcome album or do they belong in the When Pain Killers Fail album. The entire concept of When Pain Killers Fail um, and the motivation for this album was that I understood that I would not be able to complete uh, Overcome in one big sitting. It wasn't possible for a variety of reasons, most importantly because the, um, the idea uh, for this album um, was so grandiose. Uh, it was going to be a huge endeavor. And I guess I sort of crumbled under the weight of that expectation at the time back in 2007. I just didn't, um, I couldn't muster the, um, uh, the discipline. And I didn't have, I guess, the, the wealth of ideas to go in and finish, overcome in 2007. I just couldn't. So I decided to switch over to a smaller project and that's why I started uh, working on uh, When Painters Fail. I had other ideas which did not fit into Overcome album and they were not... Mm, they didn't fit into the theme of the Overcome album exactly. They were about something else, like for example um, Fuck the Glamour, for example, this song, or Don't Lie to Me. They, Don't Lie to Me could have landed on the Overcome album, theoretically, but it, I didn't think that it perfectly fits there. I thought that it belongs somewhere else. And um, I wanted to amass um, a sufficient number of songs, which I could then um, put together uh, and make that into an album, and get that done, at least. I wanted to be heavy and gritty and whatever, plus, uh, from a musical standpoint, I was also kind of tired of Overcome at that point, because I was heavily involved with um, the Overcome album since fall 2006, and then basically for half a year, that was probably the only thing that I was working on. And um, I was too preoccupied with trying to establish continuity, which means that I was rotating the same melodies, um, and it's just difficult. It's one thing when you're writing um, uh, different songs, and those different songs comprise one big album, even if it's a big one, alright? Even if it's like, you know, 14 tracks or 20 track albums, something along those lines. When these songs are are not supposed to be unified by a set of melodies, uh, a set of chord progressions, whatever, they're their own individual things, it's kind of easier, because you finish a song, that's it, you move on to the next song. But when you're working on a huge, enormous project which has uh, these um, bridges, uh, musically speaking, you have all of these intertwined themes and melodies and you have to position them because you're trying to convey continuity, you want to uh, you have this grandiose idea of um, drawing an overarching 
um, enormous uh, um, landscape. You know, if you think of it as of a painting, it would be like a huge panel, you know, a huge, huge mural uh, that runs, uh, you know, uh, imagine yourself in a uh, kind of like a circular building, right? And you look and the walls uh, and all around the wall, you have this uh, mural that starts over here in front of you and then it goes to the right and then it continues, continues, continues until it actually uh, catches up with itself in front of you again. So, and imagine that it's an enormous hall and you're painting this huge painting and you need continuity and everything is intertwined. So, Overcome is akin to such a mural. It's an enormous, um, it required an enormous amount of effort. And I got tired of it, and that's why I jumped off of that project and decided that I want to temporarily give myself a break and also kind of mop up some of these leftover ideas, musical ideas, um, melodies, chord progressions, and um, make them into other songs and make that into a separate album. So, um, getting back to Think Before My Lip. Think Before My Lip was, a at the time, it was my way of saying, hey, I'm not like the others. I'm not like, um, I'm not like the other girls, basically. There is something uh, peculiar about me, and um, you have to be warned about it. Uh, that was my way of going about this, because at the time, I did not reveal much about myself, and... Uh, so I wrote it into this rather cryptic message um, and into a song because I've been in situations when um, people wouldn't exactly know um, enough of my background and I was worried that some people might get misled and I, I feared for the outcomes of such situations. So the song, Think Before My Lip, this is actually like a warning to men about um, look, I'm not like the others. Uh, it's not that simple. And it's not that I don't want it to be simple. It's I want it to be simple. I want it to be easier. I want it to be simpler, but it is what it is. And I can't, I can't rid myself of these peculiarities. It just comes with the territory. That's what it is. And um, I guess nowadays, if I was to write a song about this, I would write it in a more straightforward fashion. But back then, um, I was very far from uh, doing anything like this. It is, Think Before My Lip is a deeply personal song. Even though, you know, it might seem on the surface that it is kind of aggressive and kind of, you know, this and that. Of course there is a certain level of exaggeration and um, hyperbole, definitely, for artistic reasons and for, you know, genre reasons, because after all it is, Wayne Painter's Fail is not a pop album, it's a heavy album. Uh, all of that grit and all of that aggression and all of that um, power and all that punch, of course, had to be there. Uh, but at the same time, there is a good deal of lyricism to the song. So I think um, let's move on to the next section. I'll try to provide some music analysis. I've made, taken some notes. Again, I was taking, uh, uh, taking the music uh, by ear from this track because... Uh, for this entire album, When Painters Fail, I don't have any original reason projects left. They've all been uh, unfortunately lost on uh, one of my hard drives, my older hard drives, which was burnt uh, back in the day. 
So, um, I've taken some notes, and uh, with that being said, let's move on to the next section and get some music analysis going, shall we? Here we go with the music analysis. First things first, this is C minor. This song is in C minor, a relatively slow tempo. I don't know what is the BPM. I suspect it is kind of something around 90, probably, uh, because clearly, clearly this song was intended as a ballad of sorts. Yes, of course, it has its heavy moments, but it was intended as a very dark ballad type of song. So it's kind of medium, slow to medium tempo, really. Um, and we're in C minor, so um, before before I give any commentary, let's play uh, the song, I guess, from the beginning, from the very, very beginning, all the way, um, all the way till the first verse, and then I will stop and uh, give some comment, and then I will stop and give some commentary, all right? <laughs> starting out not uh, not with the root chord, um, not with the root of the key, we're starting out with the fifth, we're starting out with G major. With the G major, then we're going into a D flat major. going to an A flat major plus 7 of course then to an E flat major then to an F minor minus 7 something something like this and then on the second pass of this chord progression there is a little bit of an intro harmonic minor and uh, it is being emphasized right here in this little vocal melody I'm too close I'm at EK 
and then uh, the second part of the intro is actually the uh, introduction of the hook theme, which is going to be reiterated several times later in the song, but let's uh, get through it. So it goes like this. the verse. So actually the chord progression is pretty straightforward and pretty simple. Uh, and the melody itself, as you can see too. Vocally speaking, of course it is difficult to sing this melody because it has quite the range. It starts here with C minor, then there is an E flat major, uh, which because of the melody becomes a plus seven. Again, the melody emphasizes the seventh uh, of a um, seven chord, so it goes to an A flat major, uh, B flat major, B natural flat major plus seven for for simplicity's sake. Let's call it that. Back to C minor. F minor, uh, minus 7, A flat major plus 7, uh, B natural, uh, B natural uh, plus 7, back to C minor. Again, the repetition of the first line, uh, to E flat major plus 7, again, A flat major plus 7, note this fifth over here. And there is a B flat major, and then the melody goes up here. C minor, F minor, uh, minus seven, and it descends down the triad. A flat major. F flat major plus seven. As the melody hangs on the E flat, you have this um, flat fourth, one of my favorite chords, and of course I had to throw it in here. So this is basically the hook theme, and we'll return to this a little later. It was a very difficult melody to sing at the time, and it is still objectively a difficult melody to sing because of its range. It spans... Um, more than an octave and a half of range. It goes all the way up here. So it's not easy. It's not easy. Let's move on to the next section. Listen to the verse uh, and to the hook and probably to the bridge uh, and then pick it up from there. So let's listen. Just end all the boundaries You know 
So right after this um, rather extended intro, we're going into the first verse, which is kind of a calmer part of the song. It's not really that heavy. It's kind of somber and dark. Uh, however, and the melody, by the way, is not complicated, and the chord progression itself is not complicated. It has a little bit of a twist to it, but still. I'm watching slowly Transcend all the boundaries And now I feel stripped When you watch me move Too late to explain that you hate it don't suspect whom you are gonna take so here's the verse it starts with a C minor then a C minor on the base of B flat F minor minus 7 A flat minor plus 7 C minor, E flat major plus 7, F minor minus 7, plus 9, and again, then there is the full repetition of the same exact progression. Too late to explain that, now where you aim. You don't suspect whom you are gonna take. Then it basically the melody sits on the G up here. Which creates which makes this F um, minor minus seven makes it into also a plus nine over here. And then we're going into the hook uh, right immediately after this. And it starts of course with C minor, just as um, as introduced in the intro. major plus seven steps in in the end so then there is this hook that we do understand and then after that there is something along these lines I'm not uh, I can't guarantee this precisely the notes that are being played there, but it is a close estimate because uh, it kind of rotates around C, uh, around the root of the key, right? Then there is something like 
and then it falls down. It's just like a classic uh, kind of new metal um, kind of riff. I'm pretty confident that it has this uh, the F flat there, which goes then into an E flat and back to a C and repeats and it rotates and sets us up. Well, there are some lyrics, of course. Now you face the goddess and now you feel the beast. Now you face the goddess and then you feel the beast. So, of course, there is some contrast going on. So, uh, this bridge apparently sets us up for the uh, incoming second verse. So, now, with that being said, let's listen to the second verse, the hook, bridge, and whatever follows after that. Actually, you know what? Let's listen to the entire song all the way till the end, and then I will comment on that. All right.
So, uh, the second verse basically mirrors the first one. There are no changes, it's the same chord progression. Um, uh, then it goes right into the hook after that. again without any changes and after that there is a repetition of the bridge theme only this time it is kind of kind of slightly different because of the rhythm section and whatnot and then after that we're going into the intro theme um, a repetition of the intro theme the, in its entirety so uh, there is, uh, again, that's... Same story, G major into a D flat major. Uh, minus 7, uh, A flat major plus 7, E flat major plus 7, F minor minus 7. Um, and after, after that we're going into a Then we're going into a uh, slowly building up um, repetition of the bridge uh, of the bridge riff which first kind of sits somewhere in the back and is kind of subdued. On its first two passes, there is basically just a little bit of a guitar and some pad in the back. And then via the drum section, uh, the uh, rhythm section, and um, the bass and the electronic guitars, it starts to build up and build up and uh, builds up to the middle riff, which is, I would call it a middle riff. It's kind of different from the bridge riff. Uh, in in that just the notes are kind of slightly different. It's more brutal, basically. And by the way, um, while we were prior to this build-up uh, on the intro theme, there of course is was that vocal melody that kind of uh, uses the intro theme for um, the high pitch development. Then we're going into this bridge. Then, uh, which is, uh, which is, uh, which appears in the context of a uh, build-up. It's like a four-line kind of build-up. Then after that we're going into uh, the middle riff, which is kind of slightly different. something just with different notes. The feel is still the same, it just gets heavier and gets kind of more brutal. Then after that... Now we're going back into the hook again. So, then there's 
is the hook, then after that again, uh, the repetition of the bridge, uh, which is now used as an extended outro. So it's again basically the same uh, the same kind of thing and this bridge again in the context of the outro with all the lyrics and all the yelling and screaming and whatnot going on in the back is um, repeated it's uh, repeated twice the entire bridge which means four lines basically four um, iterations of the riff and then uh, we're going into the uh, further into another section of the outro which utilizes the intro everything kind of subsides it re uh, reaches its maximum crescendo right before this and then it like some sort of synth that emulates a guitar and kind of does some upward sliding. And then in the end there is uh, once again, the very, very end of the song is a repetition of what we've already heard in the verses, in the first and second verse. So it's basically like a third verse that concludes the entire song. And uh, it's the same music and it's the same chord progression. Sword, nothing like them. We're deaf while cohesive, but still never mind. So if we join, are we so fucking blind? And then it kind of hangs there. So the entire song is concluded with the repetition of the same verse. So basically you can see that this, uh, structurally, this song is not that very different from any other song on the album so far. It has its, you know, has its peculiarities, but it's still pretty straightforward. Uh, with that being said, let's move on to the next section, shall we? So as you can hear, uh, as I just said, the thing before my lip doesn't have like some outstanding, peculiar, twisted, uh, overcomplicated song structure. No, it's it's pretty straightforward. You have a clearly clearly defined intro theme, which is being used again, reused, should I say, uh, further in the course of the song. Uh, you have a clearly defined hook, which appears in the very beginning, and then it is reiterated 
what uh, one two uh, three times uh, you have a verse uh, which is repeated three times you have a bridge riff uh, which kind of cements the song together and gives um, provides the necessary uh, contrast and transitional aspects for the song and then also you have a kind of a variation of the bridge riff uh, with this middle riff let's call it just middle riff it appears somewhere in the uh, somewhere in the um, in the last uh, half of the song or even in the last third of the song and it just serves um, serves for the purpose of escalating things just bringing them right to the brink of um, uh, to the brink of climax uh, and then it's repeated once again the hook repeats all uh, once again the bridge is repeated reiterated all over again again uh, in the context of the outro and then we have a uh, fall out in the end and a uh, gradual fade out uh, so structurally this song is pretty simple you know the way I see it I don't know you might disagree with that and you might tell me that it's overcomplicated I don't know I think it's pretty straightforward at least for uh, a song in this genre uh, and basically this is the music analysis for this song I hope you uh, you've enjoyed it of course if you want to listen to the whole song at once uh, or to any of my uh, songs you can look for my music uh, on any major streaming platform, be that Spotify, um, Apple Music, iTunes, YouTube, Deezer, etc., etc., etc. And uh, the link in the footnotes to this um, episode uh, should lead you exactly to uh, a multitude of links where you can pick whichever platform you prefer, or you can manually just search for Catherine Corelli and uh, find my music and listen for yourself. Also, if you want to actually read the lyrics for this song, I want, want to invite you to check out Genius.com. Uh, there is a huge collection of lyrics from all sorts of various artists, uh, including my lyrics as well. Um, all of these lyrics are manually verified, so I'm constantly kind of looking at you know, stuff like typos or like inaccuracies or something like this. But for the most part, um, on genius.com this is where you can find my lyrics in their clearest form with all the corrections with all the adjustments etc 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 and of course I want to invite you to check out our Southern Caracal products um, Southern Caracal skin health and aromatherapy products visit our website southerncaracal.com southern from the word south caracal c-a-r-a-c-a-l dot com right now that is getting drier and much colder our all-natural lotions are becoming increasingly relevant. Um, they don't leave a greasy feeling. We have a whole variety of different flavors, which you might enjoy, and it might be an excellent present for your loved ones or your friends regarding the incoming holiday season. So I want to invite you to check out southerncaracal.com, pick something for yourself or for your friends and family, and your skin and the skin of your friends and family will thank you later. And with that being said, thank you very much for being with me. Thank you very much for spending your time listening to my podcast. I appreciate you. I love you. And you will hear me on the next episode.